Good morning, everybody. Uh, I want to first apologize for not uploading my episode last night. Uh, daylight saving time, I believe we can all agree, has been kicking ass <laughs> to everybody. I mean, I haven't been so drowsy and tired in my life. But for some reason this year, maybe because I just turned 30 a couple weeks ago, but daylight savings time has been destroying everybody. I don't know how many people I've walked past and they've said, man, is daylight saving time killing you? Yes, it is. I can't remember being this drowsy. Like, there's literally no other reason (laughs) for me to be this drowsy and tired like I am, but... Yeah, again, I apologize for not uploading last night, but I do have an episode for y'all now. And, um, you know, I think it's better to upload right now anyway, because when I upload late at night, I guess some people forget to check the episodes or, you know, they might listen to it in the morning. So here it is. And I didn't just wake up, y'all. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll be on it all day. Daylight savings time is only one hour. But it, but it feels like they took 17 hours out of you. Um, so anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Marcel Gill, a.k.a. Social Introvert. And this is Season 7, Episode 2. And today we will be talking about gold and also talking a little bit about credit. Um, again, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening for these past seven or six seasons. Um, this has been going on since 2020 December, so pretty long running show, (laughs) but, um, let's go ahead and get on into this episode. So first I want to talk about, um, gold and credit and like discharging debt and whatnot. So for those of y'all that don't know, um, the U S dollar has been crashing for almost a century, pretty much at this point. Um, the U.S. dollar used to be based... Ooh, oh, my goodness. The U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold, right? And if any of y'all remember what happened in 1933, FDR, better known as President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, under executive order... On April 5th, 1933, declared that all persons are required to deliver on or before May 1st, 1933, all gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates now owned by them to a Federal Reserve Bank, branch, or agency, or to any member of the Federal Reserve System. The criminal penalties that followed... The violations of these executive order would be $10,000 fine or 10 years imprisonment or both as provided in Section 9 of that order. And Section 9 of that order reads as follows. Whosoever willfully violates any provisions of this executive order or of these regulations or of any rule, regulation or license issued thereunder may be fined not more than $10,000 or if a natural person may be imprisoned for not more than 10 years or both and any officer, director, or agency or any of any corporation who knowingly participates in such 
violation may be punished by like fine, imprisonment, or both. So, this is when, uh, this was at a time, uh, you know, right before World War II, um, and right after the, the Great Depression, where people owned gold, right? Gold was, you know, hot commodity, very valuable, so as well as silver. And um, the government confiscated it, you know, for, you know, there's several different theories behind why they confiscated it. Um, But to just simply take people's money, (laughs) a.k.a. gold. And uh, before I say money, there's a difference between lawful money and legal money. And then you have like, you know, negotiable negotiable instruments and legal tender, but I'll go into that later. Um, so yeah, this is when they, you know, stockpiled all the gold in the nation, right? And put it in one place and replaced it with other money. And then if we fast forward all the way to 1971 with Richard Nixon, what Richard Nixon did, he completely removed the U.S. dollar from the gold standard, right? The gold, the gold, uh, you know, it's a pretty good measuring tool for value. And again, if y'all, if y'all think about it too, the money that we used to have, the dollar bills that we used to have, uh, used to say silver certificate on them. Those are actual valuable, um, that's actually valuable legal tender. I mean, it's based by, it's backed by silver. I mean, it's a silver certificate. But now, if you look at your money, it says Federal Reserve note, right? Which is essentially debt. I mean, the, the money's pretty much meaningless. Like, it, it costs, I think, about 11 cents to print a $20 bill, and I think it's about 14 cents to print a $100 bill. Or I know it's no more than a dollar to print a $100 bill. And essentially, these these monies, these bills that we use today, is pretty much debt paying off other debt. So let me go back to 1971. Richard Nixon closed the gold window in 1971 to address the country's inflation problem and to discourage foreign governments from redeeming more and more dollars for gold. Now, if we look at this on... Um, a global scale for the past, I'll say, 40, 50 years. Anytime someone has decided that they wanted gold instead of, you know, the U.S. dollar, it's been war or invasions or assassination attempts or whatever. Because as a world superpower, we, we had been on top for... Since I'll say I'll more so go into like World War Two. Right after World War Two, we really became like that that superpower, and we were you know highly advanced. And as time went on, we kind of spread the distance further and further away from everybody else. And the global currency, pretty much that dominated, was the U.S. dollar, and then we also had the the British pound that was up there as well. But being that we're not on the the gold standard anymore, 
more and more people since the 70s have been trying to pull away from the U.S. dollar. We saw it in Iraq. We saw it in Libya. Um, seeing it now in Russia. Um, we're seeing, we've been seeing these, these countries pull away. And then, and then also, uh, I want to give an honorable mention to the petrodollar because that kind of replaced uh, the gold standard. Because uh, as you all know that we have um, oil reserves here. And with these oil reserves here, that also gives us power um, to negotiate with other foreign nations as well. And if y'all recently saw the news, Saudi Arabia um, allegedly is in talks to sign deals with China and Russia. So Saudi Arabia would run the oil fields in China um, with Russian backed oil. Right. Because, again, they're trying to get away from the U.S. dollar and and essentially they're. I think if I remember correctly, they're using Chinese yuan to negotiate. And as we all know, China is, you know, more technologically advanced than we are. And, um, you know, they're looking like they're trying to you know, take over the top spot as like the most powerful nation here on Earth. So when we were moved from the gold standard in 1971, the U.S. turned into a full-faith credit-based system, meaning that the United States pretty much runs on credit now, which is why if you pay attention to, like, uh, wealthy people, people earning, like, nine and ten figures and, you know, up there, like, the hundreds of millions of dollars, most of the time they utilize debt to increase their net worth or they utilize credit, credit utilization to increase their net worth. And... It's a it's a rigorous process um, because it involves years of understanding credit systems and how the game works, so to speak. Um, like, for instance, me, I grew up believing that credit was evil and you should want to pay for everything in cash. Right. I didn't I didn't really know anything about I didn't grow up with financial literacy from anybody. So I'll put it that way. I didn't grow up being taught about the stock market, didn't grow up being taught about credit, uh, wasn't really taught anything about money. Um, I think the first time I heard about the stock market, I might, I, I believe I was in the military when I first heard about the stock market. So I went to the military in 2013, so I was 21. And I want to say maybe when I was 23 or 24, while going through a financial literacy class, um, is when I initially found out about the stock market. Like, of course, I've heard about like savings accounts and, um, you know, how you can make money that way. But again, with no background in financial literacy or or any hardly any information on it, um, I didn't really pay attention to it. Like I graduated from a finance class and everything like that. But a TSP account, I believe is what it was called, um, the I forgot what the rate was at the time, but it wasn't much. And um, one of my uh, favorite NCOs, uh, Sergeant First Class Sanchez, used to do financial literacy classes. Again, me, when I was in the military, I didn't hang around my peers. I hang around people who outranked me and um, were basically, you know, decorated. I didn't I didn't hang around people my age or my peers or lower enlisted because 
most of the time they they weren't on anything. Like they'd come to work talking about reality TV shows and and sports and whatever else. And I didn't really care about that. I'm trying to make money and get promoted. <laughs> and uh, for I want to say oh, no, 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 no. three of my four promotions, I got promoted early. And and for one of them, I actually needed a waiver because I hadn't had the time and service yet. So um, that that goes to show that I, I wasn't playing, right? So I, I had a few classes with uh, Sergeant First Class Sanchez, and where he started talking about, uh, he pulled me to the side because I mean I, I was actually paying attention in the class. Other people were just there just because we had to be there. And he was telling me about how he had Lamborghinis, how he had Porsche 911 Turbos, how he had all this jewelry. He had these um, old dollar bills, like I was talking about earlier, like silver certificates, gold, and all these other things, and how they appreciate over time. And he started going into the stock market. And um, when I got out of the military, I started trading penny stocks. And I, I did pretty well with that for a little while. And... Um, lost some money when somebody lost some money. I stopped trading for a few years and then I found out about uh, stock options, which is where you can drastically increase your profits um, by trading. If you know how to trade contracts and understand premiums and intrinsic and extrinsic value and all other kinds of things. And um, it's like, had I known that um, way back then, you know, my my life would be completely different. <laughs> my life would be extremely different. But besides that, um, with with credit, um, you don't necessarily need to go out and try and make as much money as possible when it comes to, you know, building up your, your net worth and your wealth and all that other stuff. Like, say, for instance, if you're just trading stock options, you can take $100 and turn it into $1,000, right? Those are rare plays, but you can, you can do that. With credit, it's more so about paying your bills on time uh, and then, you know, biannually requesting uh, credit increases, right? And, and so long as you're paying off your bill every month, right, you're not utilizing money you don't have. Right. Because there's a difference. Let me break it down. So there's a difference between credit utilization and using credit. Using credit is when you have five hundred dollars in your account and you have a one thousand dollar credit card. You spend all your five hundred dollars and you know you don't get paid for the rest of the month. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, My alarm went off. Um, But anyway, um, so yeah, when it comes to use of credit, credit utilization, let's say you have $500 in your account and you have $1,000 of credit and you get paid once a month. So you have $500 left in the middle of the month. You spend all that $500. So now you're like, dang, I ain't got no money. I'm using my credit. Then you start using all of your credit, knowing good and well that at the end of the month, you're not going to be able to pay it at all. So what happens at the end of the month? At the end of the month, you now get paid again. You got to pay all your regular bills, but now you got to pay a credit card bill too, right? But you're not going to be able to pay it all the way off because you don't get paid that much. So now the month over balance now has interest on it. So now you got to pay actually more than what you spent. (laughs) And again, you don't have good spending habits. So you're going to keep, you know, 
doing the same process over and over again, your credit balance is going to continue to go higher and higher. And what credit companies usually look for is for you to have um, credit utilization under 30 percent. It's optimal if it's under 10 percent. It's really good if it's under 6 percent. But what's even the most optimal (laughs) is to completely pay it off every single month, either the day before or the or the day of right before they report. And that way your credit will continually build. They'll see that you're a good manager of your resources and money. And also um, what ends up happening is when you request your um, your increase, sometimes they'll sometimes they'll increase it um, by themselves. Like, for example, I was with Wells Fargo. Um, I bought I got a secured card, um, put up my own money. And started working my way up from there. Um, I think I started with like $300. Then they increased it to $500. Then it was increased to, I think, uh, $900 or something like that. And then to $1,700. I don't even use that credit card no more. Um, Cause there's a, this is, I don't want to call it a hack. Um, but I, my credit history has, you know, been built with that card. And I recently got approved for um, another credit card and a charge card. So the whole process is that you want to build up credit with one card, pay it all the way off, increase that credit line. Then you want to go and get another credit card, start building up that one, you know, put the other old one away, um, but still periodically increase the credit limit on that card, build up this credit card, keep getting increases, keep getting increases, build up a credit line on that one, get approved for another card, put that old card away, keep, you know, periodically increasing the limits on these cards. That's how you build up lines of credit. And then after a while, whenever you decide to, if you want to become an entrepreneur or start a business, then you can start building your business credit, right? And you'll get approved for much more, you know, because you have that, that prominent credit history, you know, ahead of time. So credit is, is really the way I mean, if y'all listen to like Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone or Zig Ziglar or whoever you want to listen to, Bob Proctor, um, these people utilized credit. They utilized credit. They, well, I should say they used credit utilization to build their wealth and open up more and more lines of credit. And again, since Nixon took us off the gold standard and made us a full faith credit based system. You know, America is run off of credit and commerce, right? And if more people understood credit, um, we, we well, copper tone people wouldn't be in a situation that they're in right now. Uh, I'm quite sure there are plenty of people in the hood who don't have any credit history, but can go get a secure card and start building their credit up, right? But obviously, in the hood, you're not taught about credit. <laughs> you're not taught about you're not taught about the gold standard and in, in law and finances. You're, you know, most of the time, it's just working a, a regular job, paying for everything with cash. And if you fall on hard times, just go get a credit card and just make the minimum payment. Right? That doesn't that doesn't really fare well. Now, when you when you can start making the minimum payment is when you've built up your credit lines to six and seven and eight figure accounts. And now you could go out there and buy something crazy and then make the minimum payment. 
right? Because one, you already know that you could pay it off. And two, once you get those credit lines up there, I mean, it don't it doesn't really matter what you buy. Right? Because you have you have the finances and I mean, but for lack of better terms, you're rich at that point. <laughs> so um but yeah, that's just a that's just a few tips and a few things in history that you can go back on study on when it comes to the gold standard and when it comes to credit and and even the US dollar, how the US dollar dominated while declining for so many years and now it's it's really looking like it's about to crash soon. Um not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or anything. I don't know when the US dollar is gonna crash. Obviously we have the advent of uh cryptocurrency and um cryptocurrency could very well be the poor man's dollar, you know, eventually if we leave fiat currency and switch to, you know, digital payments. We already 90% of the way there with all these cards and debit cards and credit cards and Apple Pay and phone pay and all these other things. And all and we also have the, the coin shortage going on right now, too. So I'm just saying the cryptocurrency sounds like a great idea, but it also seems like it's just going to be the poor man's dollar, just like how we're using Federal Reserve debt notes to pay off debt and pay for things in commerce. Um so too shall it be that the cryptocurrency will be, you know, for for the, I guess, the, the poor or the lower class to pay for things. Because still, they're not going to utilize credit. They're going to think they're going to get rich. I mean, to me, honestly, the time to get rich off of cryptocurrency has already passed. Um, you know, once you understand, like, um, premiums and hype and all this other things when, when cryptocurrency was really blowing up it was really during the pandemic and that's when people on the lower class you know made six and seven figures with like five hundred dollars a thousand dollars five thousand dollars right because they capitalized on the hype and the i can't even think of the word right now um it's a word where um People are putting a lot of attention on something. Obviously, hype is a word, and I cannot think of the word right now for some reason. But anyway, y'all get what I'm saying. Everybody was talking about cryptocurrency, and people were making a lot of money off of it. And right now, it looks like it's slowly trying to climb its way back up. But again, guys, y'all just go start doing a little bit of history about the U.S. dollar and gold. Um, do a little bit more history on credit and how the United States utilizes credit um, to either make money and and to watch the poor get poorer and the richer get richer. That's all I'm saying. Go study 1933. <laughs> Go study 1933 with uh, FDR taking taking all the gold, right? Because, I mean, when y'all, when y'all really start getting into this finance stuff, you'll start studying, like, the Uniform Commercial Code. Um, you'll start seeing how you're able to discharge, discharge debt. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff you can do when, you're, when you have law literacy or legal literacy, I should say, and financial literacy. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with, with paper, with forms. Yeah, go back and look at HJR 
right? It's there's a lot of resources out there. I'm just giving y'all surface level stuff that y'all can go and do research on and start to understand more because there are people out here who who do this for a living, right? They didn't go to school for it. They studied law on their own, Black Laws Dictionary. Some people got uh, their jurisprudence. Um, some people have, I said jurisprudence, juris doctor. Um, there's some people who are paralegals, but then there's people who are independent researchers who do this stuff and operate on a much higher level than these attorneys and public defenders and prosecutors who are paid for by the courts. And of course, all of this stuff is for informational and educational and entertainment purposes only. So do not take anything that I say and try and do anything with it. I mean, I don't think I even gave y'all information, enough information to try and start filling out forms or anything. But yeah, just go do your research. All of this stuff is um, uh, need to know. Um, again, most people on in the lower class and middle class are taught religion and just regular school education. Um, and obviously that stuff isn't applicable in real life. There's a reason why they don't teach you about credit in primary school. They don't teach you about um, mortgages in primary school. They don't teach you about finances. Um, they don't teach you about history, really. Um, they just They just teach you one-track religion and, you know, the educational system. They don't teach you about the stock market, teach you about buying cars. Um, they don't really teach you about anything that you can use in real life. Civics, they took that out of school. Um, economics, they took that out of school. Um, I'm just saying, y'all, you got to study. For some reason, people don't like to read anymore. They just want to be told what to do. And, and when it comes to this kind of stuff, you can't just be told what to do. Right? You, you can't just be told what to do. You have to understand, overstand, and understand <laughs> what you have to do. Right? Because, like, for example, me, um, I'm, I'm getting my paperwork together, but I've already done my irrevocable trust and all that other stuff. Then other people, once they see how you start operating and they see a big change in your life, they're going to be like, oh, can you do that for me? Um, the answer is going to be a resounding no. Um, I'll be able to help point you in the right direction. Um, and, I, and I'll just show you what I did um, or how I would do it. But I wouldn't be given like um, legal advice and all that other stuff. Because, again, this is stuff that you have to research on your own because you're going to have to be able to defend yourself if you have to go to court. You're going to have to be able to understand these things when filing taxes um, and and. And I don't want to say filing taxes. I'll say on how to um, discharge taxes or become tax exempt. You're going to have to know how to do all of this stuff. Right. Because you're, you're solely responsible once you step outside of the public into the private. You're solely responsible once you step into a trust as a beneficiary. You're solely responsible for this stuff. And if you got all this stuff set up and somebody does all this stuff for you and then you go to court. Or you got taxes you got to pay or whatever, and you can't explain nothing that's going on. You're going to look stupid. <laughs> you're going to look real stupid. And um, it ain't going to be nobody else's fault but your own. Because ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Sounds harsh. Of course, you hear it all the time on, on court or 
you know, when copper tone people are in jail or in prison, it's just like if they if they would have only knew the law, they would have been able to do this, that, and the third. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse. People say that's something racist people say, which is stupid. It's not something that racist people say. It's just the truth. And people who feel like they're subject to racism, you know, generally don't like to hear the truth. Nobody is responsible for your well-being except you. Nobody is responsible for your knowledge and education but you. Right? And the people that were at one point in time responsible for your education, because they were responsible for your education, they gave you what they wanted you to know. And that's that's it. <laughs> you can't tell somebody who's who you've given responsibility and authority over yourself. You can't tell them how to you know, how to govern you. Because technically, you're still a ward of the state if you haven't authenticated your birth certificate, right? If you haven't declared that you're, you know, an adult, a human being, and all this other stuff. But I'm not going to get into all that now. I mean, I'll be getting into that over these next few weeks. Um, Just throwing out open source information that anybody can find on Google. Um, You can also find in books, Y'all have, if y'all don't have books, y'all, y'all can go get y'all a 2 or $3 library card and go read some books. Listen to lectures, go find stuff on YouTube. But I will, I will just say that um, there's a lot of information out there that can immediately change your life. Even if you're drowning in debt, student loan debt, credit card debt, whatever. Mortgages, foreclosures, bankruptcies. There is information out there legally. That can change your life almost overnight if you know what you're doing. And that'll be it with this episode of the Social Introvert Podcast. Um, if y'all want to buy any of my products, my books, um, y'all can find it on linktree.com forward slash Sanetter, S-A-N-E-T-E-R. Y'all can find it on there. And... Um, Just another tip, before you even go down this legal path, you're going to absolutely have to know who you are, what you stand for, and, you know, what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. Because you're going to have to declare it. You're going to have to declare it. You're going to have to put people on notice. You're going to have to send stuff to the inspector general. You're going to have to send stuff to clerk of courts, you're going to have to send stuff to social security, you're going to have to send stuff overseas internationally, there's a lot of stuff that you're going to have to do, and you're going to have to lay out in detail who you are and what you are, and what you, and and also what you are not, (laughs) let me be clear, so yeah, find my books, uh, hack yourself, design your life, or accept your fate, and get rid of yourself on my link tree, also, you can find my stock options course on there, as well as this podcast and my music. Also, if you want to give a cash app donation, I never say that. If you just want to give a cash app donation because you like what I do, you can do that at cash app. Well, invite Marcel. I'll just put it that way. The dollar sign invite Marcel. Yeah, if y'all just feeling generous and want to give me a cash app donation, y'all can do that too. But until next time, folks, I appreciate y'all for uh, listening in again. 
Just start doing some research. Just start studying. You know. Might have food shortages coming. Gas prices are obviously still rising. Um, You know, crazy current events going on across the world. I ain't siding with nobody. (laughs) So, all right, guys. Until next time. Peace.